first reading is from 1 John, chapter 4, verses 7 to 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And God showed his love for us by sending his only Son into the world, so that we might have life through him. This is what love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Dear friends, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in union with us, and his love is made perfect in us. We are sure that we live in union with God, and that he lives in union with us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and tell others that the Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone declares that Jesus is the Son of God, he lives in union with God, and God lives in union with him. And we ourselves know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in union with God, and God lives in union with him. Love is made perfect in us, in order that we may have courage on judgment day. And we will have it, because our life in this world is the same as Christ's. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. So then, love has not been made perfect in us, in anyone who is afraid, because fear has to do with punishment. We love because God first loved us. If someone says he loves God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For he cannot love God, whom he has not seen, if he does not love his brother, whom he has seen. The command that Christ has given us is this, whoever loves God must love his brother also. The second reading is taken from Matthew 22, starting at verse 34 to 40. It's entitled, The Greatest Commandment. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hung on these two commandments. Amen. There's part of that reading that Janet's just read to us. 
Words of Jesus, love God and love others. I think, to be honest, I could sit down at this point. That's the message, isn't it? Command of God. Love, love him and love others. So, I could just sit down and say, okay, that's what we've got to do. Get on and do it. That's why we love, that's why we care, because it's a command. And I'm tempted to do it. But perhaps we need to unpack it a little bit, just to, to explore the subject. But fundamentally, that's the answer. Okay, let's uh, go through that other reading. Thank you, Colin. Which is a tremendous reading, isn't it? And I think it's one of your favourites, isn't it, Elaine? Yes. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. (laughs) Everyone who loves has been uh, born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Some powerful words there. Why love? Well, because love comes from God. It's intrinsically linked with God. And if we, uh, if we know God, if we love God, then we will automatically love others. So, and perhaps we'll be looking at this later, if we don't have that sense of love, that sense of care for others, we need to think, well, do I really love God? We can perhaps say it in our words, we can say it in the song, but do I really love God? Because if we do, then it's by his nature, then it becomes our nature to go and love others. Because there's this challenge there. Whoever does not love does not know God. So there's a challenge there. Because God is love. Thank you. God is love is a bold statement. And then in this part of the passage, it's how he showed that love. How he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He sent his love, he showed his love in this this tangible, powerful way of sending his son. And that's why we'll be celebrating communion at the end of of this service. His broken body, his, his shed blood, the atoning sacrifice... uh, That means that he he died so that we could be forgiven, died that we could be at one with God. We need to know that. And so as we come to communion, I want you to really not think, oh, have I left the dinner on, or what am I having for lunch, or am I coming to messy church, or I'm here a long time. I want you to really concentrate on what God has done for you. The love that he's declared for you. It's an important stage. If you've never come to the point of, of, of receiving him and saying, yes, I believe in you, then that's a point as we share communion together. Thank you. Let's move on. Dear friends, since God so loved us, 
we also ought to love one another. So God has sent his love and showed that in Jesus. Because of that, when we've grasped that, then we show our love to others. And then this reading talks about doing it in a tangible way. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So that what the Bible's urging us to do is to show that we've grasped that God loves us by then loving others. And in that sense, we are are loving God. And then, it didn't strike me until I reread this passage this morning, the last part. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. What does that mean? There's so many loves in this passage. Sometimes you just get a bit blasé. It's all about love. And, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. And it just struck me this morning, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if we love other people, something changes within us. If we have a a spirit of hatred, then something changes within us. But if we have a, a sense of love, then something changes within us. And maybe as we love more rooms made in our lives for God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That there's a transformation, a change. Maybe you think I'm right, maybe you think I'm wrong. You can discuss afterwards. If we were in a small group setting, we could have done it now, but it's perhaps be chaos. But it just struck me that the more we love the more that God can live within us. And then, of course, the more that God lives within us, the more we can live, the more we can love. Remember about the fruit of the Spirit and the love that grows. I think this is one way it grows. Let's move on to the next part. We know that we live in Him and He lives in us because He's given us His Spirit. God's Holy Spirit comes within us and upon us to enable us to love. You can't just say to yourself, I'm going to be more loving. I am going to be more loving. I'm going to be more loving. Sorry, Adam, can I use you as an example? Yes. You know, I I don't, so I can use this as an example. But if I I just didn't get on with Adam, okay, (laughs) that's why I can use you as an example, because I do get on well with Adam. But, uh, you know, it's very hard, isn't it, just to say, I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to... I mean, it can help by looking at the good qualities of Adam and, uh, and perhaps ignoring the, the bad. And I won't say any more, Adam. No, no. But ultimately, it's about God, through his spirit, working within us, changing us, helping us. More love, more power, we sang at the beginning. To love other people. I won't embarrass you again, Adam. Well, who will I pick on next time? It gets you all... No, I won't pick on you, I don't think. Let's move on to the next passage. God is love. And that's a 
an important phrase that it's good to explore perhaps another time, but that God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. This again, this whole thing about how God and us, we need to be at one. And this is shown by love. It's a closeness of purpose. As our relationship with God gets stronger, so our love should grow. And maybe as our relationship with God gets, if it gets less, then our love gets less. We need to be aware of these important concepts. And note, it's not a soppy sort of love. It's not a sentimental sort of love. This is agape love. This is a giving love. We saw the example in what Jesus did. That wasn't a soppy love. That was a a strong, manly love, if you like. And what we need to exhibit is a strong love. A love that gives. A love that can hurt. A love that cares. And when we care, it's tough. Some years ago, now it may be familiar that we had a time of prayer, a big prayer time, and we came up with a conclusion that God wanted us to care, here to care. And you may recall my reaction to that. I made it public that I was a bit disappointed, really. It seemed a bit weedy. But I confess that I was wrong. And that as I've hopefully matured in my faith, I've realised that that was the toughest command that God could have given us, here to care. Because caring is tough. And when we mess up, it's obvious. And it can be really difficult and devastating. But when we get it right, it can be powerful and effective. And that people can come to faith, grow in faith, grow in their lives. Here to care is so important. That's why we've taken the whole month to look at care. That's why these people have been working hours and hours and hours on getting this pastoral care system as good as we can. And it won't be perfect because it involves us. But uh, we're aiming to really raise the bar in pastoral care, in giving agape love. Thank you. And then John says that we'll have more confidence on the day of judgment. So often we, we perhaps, well, I'm not a very good Christian. And um, if, we, if we belong to Christ, we are a Christian. And if we belong to Christ, then through his Holy Spirit we will love. And yes, we'll mess up. And in a moment I'm going to encourage you to confess that as we come to communion. When we've conf- We've messed up as a church and as individuals in our lack of love. But if our motivation is to love God and love others, then we can have confidence on the day of judgment. Just an aside, George Bernard Shaw at a radio programme said the vagaries of the English language, and he said that there's only two words which begin with the sound sh, but aren't spelt S-H. And uh, somebody wrote in, you're all thinking now, what are those two words, aren't you? And uh, somebody wrote in and said, surely, Mr. Shaw, there's only one word, and, uh, and that is sugar. And he wrote back, 
and said, Are you sure? (laughs) Are you sure on the day of judgment? If you love God and love others, there is no greater commandment. So if you're not sure, when we come to communion, come and say, Lord, I love you. And take the bread and the wine. And Lord, I want to love others. I'm sorry when I've not done that. Fill me with fresh, fill me for the first time with your Holy Spirit so I can do that. Thank you. We love because he first loved us. Loved us. Again, that's one of those statements you can just sit down after doing that, isn't it? That's the answer to the question or another answer. Why do we care? We love because he first loved us. Loved us. We're just coming to a close, thank you. And then the opposite again. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. Strong words. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So let's get our act together here. Let's think about others and show that love. Some people we won't like. It's not a command to like them. Some people we just won't naturally get on with. That's okay. But it is a command to love them. It is a command to to love people in the fellowship, people outside the fellowship. And if we don't, if we say, oh, I hate that person, or think it, well, what this passage is saying, you don't love, love God then. What God is saying, if you don't love others, you don't love me. Because I am love. It's not, I'm a loving God, it's that God is love. So there's a challenge here. This is why we care. Thank you. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother or his sister or his enemy. So as we come to communion, I invite you to reflect upon what I've said. All I've really said is what's in the Bible. And I've just made it obvious, hopefully. So don't criticise me unless I've got it wrong. If I've got it wrong, then you can. This is words of Scripture. I invite you to reflect upon what God has been saying today. And I want you to respond to him as we have communion. I want you to respond to his offering of love through his Son. And I want you to say, yes, I do love you, Lord. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins when I've not cared for others as I should. Forgive me for when I've not loved as you love. Forgive us as a church as we've not done this. Forgive me, Lord. Just spend time with him. He will forgive you. 
He sent his son to die on the cross to forgive our sins, to forgive our lack of love. It was hate that put him on the cross. But love that raised him again. And as you confess your sins, as you repent of your sins, know that forgiveness of God. And then, I'd invite you to ask for his Holy Spirit to come within you so that you, not in your own power, for we are weak, but in God's power, can show that love to others. And that this church can show its love through all that it does. We did that last night and the money raised will go to show that love. But in all that we do, and the conversations over coffee, in the notice board, in the organisations through the week, to show and to declare God's love. In Messy Church this afternoon, if you're not coming, please pray for it. <coughs> as it's an outreach for people who perhaps wouldn't normally come to church as well as those who do normally come to church. A sense of love so that they have a shallow end in to come to know God's love. So, as we come to the final part of the sermon, sermon thank you, Colin. I end as I began with words of Jesus. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. There's no room really for half-hearted Christianity here. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. You know, you may think, well, I don't know. Well, just begin. But know that there's more. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. This is the fundamentals. This is why we care. This is why we're spending this month exploring the subject of care. Next Sunday will be about how we care. In what ways do we show care? But today it's about why we care. Let's get our motivation right. And that's the building block for the rest. Amen.